and welcome to Return to Regalia, an Underland Chronicles reread podcast. I'm Una. And I'm Carrie. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. At long last, we've gotten you here. I'm excited. You are the first new guest that we've had in a while. Mm, I'm special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how you got into the series? All right. Well... When I thought about this question before, I thought, of course, you did. And then when I was talking to Kathy the other day, she was like, well, I thought I talked to you about it first. Foggy memory. But it sounds somewhat familiar. But you really were the one who actually got me to listen to it on our trip down to Arkansas when we first started listening to it. Yeah, that was such a fun trip. Oh my gosh, it was. It was so fun. I'm so glad that y'all agreed to listen to Gregor on the way there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a fun trip. Yeah, and then like after that, I like kind of fell in love and I got the books and I read all the books and I was a teacher at the time, so I was introducing the books to the fourth and fifth graders. So I've been through the series a couple of times. That's awesome. That's great. All right, so today we're going to be covering chapters 13 and 14 of The Prophecy of Bane, in which the questers encounter a whirlpool. Where we left off, Gregor woke up after the squid attack to find that Luxa has joined the quest. Chapter 13 starts with Luxa saying, I let you go off for one day and look at the trouble you get into. (laughs) Gregor replies, I bet I know somebody else who's in trouble. Which is so adorable. Mm -hmm. So cute. She definitely planned that out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Merith calls her out for it, Mm -hmm. for timing it quite nicely. Um, Because Luxa says, well, we're too far out for me to fly back now. So everyone knows that she definitely did this on purpose. Mm -hmm. She's so devious. Yeah. She's such a schemer. A perfect queen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gregor thinks about how Luxa is Merith's queen, but Merith is Luxa's coach, and he's not afraid to chew her out, which mm-hmm. I think is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I mean, is he the only one that can chew her out? <laughs> <laughs> I bet Vicus can. Yeah. I bet Solovet can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's probably a pretty small crowd. Yeah. The council tries to tell her what's what, and she, she yeah. never listens to the council. <laughs> Who does? Merith tells Luke so that she's in danger on this trip, and if she doesn't make it back to Regalia, Nerissa will be crowned queen, and everyone knows how bad that would be since Nerissa is definitely not queen material. Howard says she'll have to abdicate, and Luxa snaps back that she won't, and Howard and Stellavet will never become royalty. He asks if that's really what Luxa thinks he wants, then says she has him confused with another cousin, meaning Henry. Mm-hmm. Which is harsh, but... yeah. Luxa still has a lot of baggage from that. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Howard goes on to admit that Stellavet is awful, but he can't control her any more than Luxa could control Henry. Then Luxa tries to cite an example of a time Howard was mean to Nerissa. Henry told her that Howard tried to scare her with a lizard once, and Howard explains that he was just trying to show her how it changed colors, and Luxa shouldn't trust Henry's account of the incident. Exactly. Liar, mm-hmm. liar, pants on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting that now that everyone knows that Henry is evil, they have mm. all of these memories to look back on and see in a whole different light. Yes. It's really, like, tragic, and it probably is really, like, disorienting for Luxa. Yeah. Boots tells them they're all being too loud, like Fofo. Photos Glow Glow tries to correct her about his name again, but Twitch Tip tells him, 
oh, be quiet, Fofo, <laughs> which makes Gregor have to cough to cover up his laugh. Mm -hmm. She doesn't talk much, but when she does, it's powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She uses her words sparingly, mm -hmm. but very precisely. Boots is feeling better, but Gregor struggles to sit up because his whole body aches. Merith tells him that Howard saved his arm from having to be amputated by sucking the venom out of his wound. That's... It's intense. <laughs> and I can't believe, like, Luxa is, I mean, mad about him. Right. <laughs> Saying thanks. Thanks, dude, for sucking the venom out of my arm. Exactly. <laughs> I also think it's really funny because this is what Edward does to Bella at the end of Twilight with mm. the vampire venom. Mm -hmm. He, like, sucks it out of her wound. Yes. <laughs> Oh my, Twilight is a whole nother. Yeah, yeah. Whole nother podcast. It is. <laughs> I thought there's Twilight podcasts. I mean, we should start one to talk about <laughs> what an unhealthy yeah, <laughs> role right. models for young women um, for Twilight. Like, you know, you. I've been in your room watching you sleep. Like, <laughs> come on, girls. That's breaking and entering. Let's call the police on that. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I haven't actually read the books. I've only seen the movies, oh. um, but I find them like hilarious yes. and entertaining. I read the books, but then when I saw the movie, I just got so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not alone. <laughs> I was booing in the theater for the last one. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was one of the, it was all a dream kind of thing. Oh, I hate right, that. Right, right. I, I remember that. Yep. So yeah, Gregor thanks Howard for sucking the venom out of his wound, and Luxa gives him a dirty look. But Gregor just asks, what? He sucked the venom from my arm. I can't say thank you? So yeah, Luxa is just like, very petty. Right. Yeah. She's still got a lot of um, pettiness at this point in the series. Exactly. Howard says that he's trained in water aid, and he has sworn to save anyone in peril in the water. Anyone? Anyone, Howard? Hold, <laughs> hold that thought. <laughs> Luxa tries to throw Howard under the bus for not seeing the squid ahead of time, so Gregor admits it was his fault for falling asleep on watch duty. Merith lectures Gregor about how important it is to stay awake on guard. Howard suggests that Gregor try to find tricks to help him stay alert. When I was listening to that, I was listening to the story on the way over here. I kept thinking like, now how old is Gregor? Like he's doing the job of a full grown man soldier yeah. and like staying awake. And I can't even remember how, is he like 12? Or? He's 11 at this point. Oh my goodness. That's, yeah. how my, that's how old my daughter is. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was reading these when I was about nine or 11. Yeah. I mean, I've read them at every age since I was like 10. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, yeah, it's rough. But like in this society, they put their children into battle so young. Like Howard is only 16-ish, but he already knows like all of this. Right. Yeah. Gregor notices that Luxa and Merith don't speak again, and that makes him realize how big of a deal it was that he fell asleep. They eat dinner, and Gregor makes a comment about not having eaten dinner since last night, but Howard corrects him and says that Gregor was out for two days. This sends him into a bit of a panic about how close he is to having to face the Bane. He considers asking Merith to teach him more sword moves, then thinks about how his problem isn't that he can't fight, it's that he can't stop fighting. Yeah, something uncontrollable mm -hmm. or something that takes over him. 
Yeah, we're going to get answers to that real soon. I know. I'm excited. I know. I want to talk about it right now, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Gregor tries to practice echolocation instead, like Rip Red told him to, and Gregor's spiraling anxiety becomes interspersed with clicks in the narration, Mm -hmm. which I think is such a great way to show how worried and distracted he is. Yeah, that seems like an impossible task, too. Right. You know, like, he's still trying. He's still practicing. I definitely tried so hard to do echolocation <laughs> as a kid. Uh-huh. I, I wanted to get it so bad, but <laughs> I just don't have it in me. Yeah. <laughs> Gregor is worried he's going crazy since he's having a hard time remembering his fight with the squid and the blood balls incident. He starts thinking about how people who are werewolves don't remember being a werewolf (laughs) when they turn back into humans. And the narration says, click. Gregor knew there weren't really werewolves. Click. Then again, how did he know that? If you asked him six months ago, he'd have said there weren't giant talking rats. Click, click, click. (laughs) Exactly. I love how this illustrates just how much his sense of reality is being warped by his experiences in the underland yes like he can't trust anything anymore yes if giant rats are real then anything can be real exactly and i i was thinking the same thing about boots too like these kids are gonna need a lot of therapy yeah who's paying for all this therapy (laughs) honestly (laughs) he gives up on echolocation and strikes up a conversation with luxa He asks her why she joined the quest, and she says she just thought they might need her help. Gregor guesses that she also joined up partly to prove that she isn't like Henry, and Luxa doesn't deny it. Gregor changes the subject and asks how Regalian royalty works. We learn that Luxa's father's family has been on the throne for a long time, and if she takes the throne and has children, the oldest will be next in line. So this is the side of the family that Henry was on. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it's that... Luke's dad was the king and the king had a brother and that brother was Henry's dad. Okay. I actually, last night while taking notes for this, Uh I made a family tree. Oh my gosh, that's so smart. I found (laughs) some like website where you can just make Mm -hmm. a family tree really easily. And I put in like all of Howard's family, all of Luke's family, Henry, like all the way back to Solovet's parents because we know that she actually has a sister in the last book we learned that she has a sister so I had to give her parents in the family tree (laughs) so I could add in the sister I love that I love having a visual like that I was wanting to do that with Gideon the Nine. yes I was wanting to do just some sort of character visual so I could try to remember everything and all the people yeah I saw this (laughs) one post on Tumblr that was like a bunch of different characters names and it had all these different colored lines drawn between everyone and like Mm -hmm. all the different lines were like like romantic relationship friendship Mm -hmm. like tried to kill this person mortal enemies but it's just like this mass massive like tangle of lines yes it's really impressive that someone actually like tried to make one of those and it wasn't even like half the characters it was just like a group of them There's this person on TikTok and it's like a young guy and he uses like Barbie dolls and stuff. Have you seen him? No. And then they have fights and stuff. I'm not on TikTok, so no. Well, I I wish I could remember, but it's hilarious because he has all these like Barbie dolls that are fighting and it's all this adult content. Like, (laughs) you you were cheating on so-and-so with my brother. And like, (laughs) I was so obsessed. I had to try to write out the whole relationship of all these like weird made up Barbie doll characters. I don't know. so fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> it reminds me of like you know the L word when they oh yeah when they make the the visual the web of relationships. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So connected. I also like that because um, Luxa is talking about if she takes the throne and if she has children. I like that she says if I have mm-hmm. children. Like it's not actually a given that she'll have to have kids to carry on the royal line. Like yes. it's kind of just like, well, if I don't have kids, then Nerissa is going to take over. And if she doesn't have kids, then it goes to this person. And yeah. it's not like expected of her to have kids, it sounds like. Right. Which seems pretty cool. Yes. Because that never happens in a royal family. I know, right? <laughs> And this next part, too, I always thought was really cool. Gregor asks if the oldest child would rule even if it's a girl with brothers, because he thought girls only get to be queens when there are no boys in the family. Luxa explains that there aren't any gender divides like that in Regalian royalty, which I always thought was the coolest thing as a kid. I was like, if I was in the Underland, I could be queen. Of course, you would be. (laughs) (laughs) I'd, I'd have to beat Luxa for the throne, though. I don't think I could do that. You better start. You better start training. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder if that not having or like women having an equal right to the throne, I wonder if that was part of their system of government from the very beginning. Like Sandwich was actually super feminist when he came down and like started the <laughs> Underland. Or if that happened at some point after him. Right. Um, because like he's coming from what, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundreds Europe. So Do you think there was a lot of feminists? I don't know, but he was also a weird guy. Yeah. You know, he left England so that he could start this weird cult in America and live underground. That's so true. Maybe he had all kinds of wild ideas. Like maybe <laughs> women should have rights. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> Luxa says that if she doesn't have kids, the crown will go to Nerissa. But if she dies or doesn't have kids, Regalia will choose a new royal family. And it'll probably be Vicus and Solovet. I wonder, like, how they decide which family gets to be royal. Do they get to vote? Does all of Regalia get to vote? Right. Does just the council decide, like, oh, well, this is a really influential family. We might mm-hmm. as well have them on the throne. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, would Vicus and Solovet have to, like, campaign for their right to be on the throne if the situation arose? Right. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's interesting. I also am wondering if they just look at a family tree and pick the closest family to the Mm. previous royal family. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I made this family tree basically to figure out, like, how far away is Vicus and Solovet from Luxa's royal line. Right. And, like, they're basically, if Nerissa died, Vicus and Solovet would be the closest living relatives Mm -hmm. of Luxa. So that would make sense that, um, I don't know, like the the royalty would just kind of like pass to them by default. Mm. But I have no idea how that would work. Yeah, you should be on the council with your with your family tree. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll bring it in like a PowerPoint and be like, this is why I think. (laughs) Not in a scroll. A PowerPoint. Yes. Uh, I will blow their minds with my PowerPoint transitions. Yeah. And that's why I should be queen. Yes. Gregor says Stella Vett is a long way from being queen, but Luxa tells him she's really not because people are always dying in the Underland. As they all get ready for bed, Twitchtip tries to tell everyone that something isn't right about the water, and she can smell it with her super sniffer. Everyone tries to get her to clarify what she means, but she doesn't have a word for what she's smelling. 
They all go to sleep, and a few hours later, Gregor wakes to Howard screaming, Whirlpool! (laughs) I can't believe they went to sleep after Twitch Tip gave them a warning. Like, she is never wrong about sensing the danger. And so they were like, okay, well, let's go to sleep? Yeah, but I mean, I guess they don't know that yet. They they don't know that she's like, I mean, I think out of these people who are here, Gregor and Aries were the only ones there when she kind of like gave her little presentation at the beginning when she showed up with Rip Red and was like telling them the color of Boots' shirt from across the the city or whatever. So maybe the others just like don't know her capabilities. But yeah, I I wish that Gregor had, had been like, well, maybe we should try and figure this out. Yeah. But he was, like, still trying to recover. He probably didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't have a word to describe something and you can't see into the ocean that you're sailing into, there's nothing you can do. Right. But yeah, going to sleep seems a little risky. Like, I would stay awake (laughs) for that. Right. (laughs) Chapter 14 starts with Gregor thinking about how he and his cousins run in a circle in their pool to make a funnel effect in the middle. And that's what they call a whirlpool. And my brother and I learned how to do this from this book. And we used to make whirlpools all the time because we had heard about it in this book. Wow. Like, even now, if I'm ever in a round pool, Mm -hmm. I'll start, like, walking in a circle just to try and, like, make a current go around. (laughs) Would you send things down the whirlpool? Um, We could only do that if we had, like, a small enough pool. Mm. And I'm not sure that we ever did. Okay. Yeah. Or if you have a lot of people, you can really get a good current going. (laughs) My friend has this giant above-ground circle pool that's, like, big. Mm -hmm. We would get, we need to get, like, 20 people out there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. My cousin has a um, big circular above-ground pool, and I always try to get my little cousins Mm -hmm. to make a whirlpool with me. (laughs) Just like, because of this book, it's just something I do. Like, it's so ingrained in me. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Everyone is confused, and Gregor guesses that probably none of them have ever dealt with a whirlpool before. The boats are on the edge of a vortex at least a hundred yards wide which is the length of a football field. And that's terrifying. I don't think I ever caught that it was 100 yards. No, I didn't either until just now. That's that's big. Gigantic. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't even see the whole thing because it's dark. He only has his flashlight. I wonder how Howard saw it. Well, they must have had the, the shiners on duty, so maybe they caught a little bit of that. But I don't know. The worthless shiners. <laughs> <laughs> I love the shiners. Oh, they're, they're my faves. They're so annoying. I mean, yeah. I love them, though. They are fun. Howard cuts the rope that tethers the two boats together, and his boat, which also holds Pandora, Zap, and Twitch Tip, gets carried off by the whirlpool. The bats use the rope loops on the sides of Gregor's boat to carry it to safety. Merith tells Pandora to go save the others, and Ares supports one end of the boat by himself. They're 50 feet above the water, looking down at Howard's boat, spinning closer to the hole in the center of the whirlpool. Zap apparently flew to safety before getting sucked into the vortex because she's sitting next to Gregor complaining about losing sleep. (laughs) Gregor tells her to go back for Howard and Twitch tips so they can see, but Photos Glow Glow explains that the Shiners aren't fed well enough to go into dangerous situations. I love that part. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that I also was not fed enough to to go into (laughs) dangerous spots. I feel like the Fireflies have some really relatable moments. 
<laughs> Definitely. Even though you want to kill them the whole time. Or I really wanted Twitch Tip to kill them. <laughs> I know, right? Just like, that would be so cathartic for, yeah. for her and me. Yeah. Howard jumps out of his boat and Pandora catches him. But once he's back in Gregor's boat, Pandora just takes her rope loop back from Ares. Gregor asks why she's not going back for Twitch Tip, and no one speaks at first. Merith eventually tells Gregor it's impossible to save Twitch Tip because she's too heavy for one bat to carry, and Luxa agrees it's too big of a risk. Gregor tells them they need Twitch Tip to help in the labyrinth, but Merith just says the bats will be good enough and they can be trusted. That's when Gregor realizes they're not saving her because she's a rat, and he calls them out on it immediately. Yeah, that's a really... I love Gregor all the more during that moment. He looks to each one, and every single one is just like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they don't know the information that Gregor knows. Like, he really trusts Rip Red and, you know, all of that, but right. they all also have all of their reasons for yeah. not liking rats. And, mm -hmm. you know, she's the underdog and he is definitely saving the underdog. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just was thinking about how Gregor is such an interesting character coming into this world because he's such an outsider to like regalian society, not even just like the underland, but specifically the way that the humans think about themselves as superior to the, the creatures. And Gregor is coming down into the underland and just being like, whoa, these animals can talk like they're people mm -hmm. and the humans of regalia it's like more complicated than that for them yeah and he he hasn't been like brainwashed completely like they mm -hmm. have to to like not trust the rats right he's like this outsider perspective that doesn't have their same biases but luke's and merith like this makes complete sense to them that yeah. they would just like not risk it to save twitch tip because that's just the world they live in mm -hmm. but yeah i like that gregor is kind of coming in and being like Making them question that. Yeah, I like that too. Twitch Tip's boat splits in two and she falls into the water. Gregor grabs a life jacket, buckles himself in, and flicks on the flashlight Mrs. Cormacy gave him. Howard tries to stop him and Gregor puts him on blast for being a hypocrite. Just a little while ago, Howard was telling him about how he swore to save anyone in peril in the water. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you can't just swear an oath for some people, Howard. Exactly. And I think that really cuts deep for Howard. It kind of like jolts him out of that in a little bit here. Yeah, because he thinks that he's noble, but is he? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really has to adjust his mindset because when he swears to help anyone in danger, he's just thinking about like humans yeah. and the humans' allies. And then as soon as Gregor is like, Twitch Tip is in danger and you promised. Mm -hmm. So Howard has to like really like just quickly adjust his view of things. Yeah, and he, he steps up in a bit here. Luxa tries to forbid Gregor from going and he says, Rip Red brought her to help me. So I could help you guys and your whole stupid kingdom, mm -hmm. which is so real. Yes. Like Gregor is so over it. Like mm -hmm. I've had this conversation with other guests on yeah. the podcast too, that Gregor is just like so over being the chosen one. Yeah. And he really just wants to be like normal. He's got a lot going on. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. And Sometimes the regalians can be so overwhelming and annoying mm -hmm. and like right now he's looking at them and thinking that they're like super cruel for this and he's just like, 
I'm here to save you. And if you're not going to back me up, I'm just going to go. Right. Yeah. Like you guys called me. Right. I'm giving up my whole life and putting my family members in danger yeah. for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Gregor looks down and admits to himself that everyone is right. It's extremely dangerous, but he also knows how invested the Underlanders are in keeping him alive. And if they come to rescue him, they'll have to rescue Twitch Tip too. Yep, that's smart. It's really smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's always uh, using the status of the warrior as like leverage to get what he wants. Like earlier in this book, he told the council, Boots is coming on the quest or I'm not going. Right. And they just can't say anything to him about that. He's got all the power because they need him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's realizing his power, too, which is great. (laughs) Yeah, I love how he's just, like, forcing their hand here by Mm -hmm. doing something very dangerous and kind of self-sacrificial in a way, which Gregor has a streak of doing. But he is doing it in order to force the Underlanders to take action, which is um, pretty smart. And it's pretty devious of him, actually. He's, He's got some schemer brain, too. Yeah, I love that part. And like, you know, they, he's the leader that they need because he didn't have all that baggage about all the other um, creatures. Boots, too. Like, Boots fell in love with right. with the cockroaches. And she fell in love with everybody. But like, yeah. you know, Gregor took all of them as equals after he got to know them. Mm-hmm. And nobody else there could do that. Mm-hmm. Gregor must have gotten through to Howard earlier about the swearing to save people in peril because Howard starts tying a rope around Gregor to use as a lifeline and gives him advice on navigating the whirlpool. Mm-hmm. So I think that Howard probably just had this like lightning bolt moment that Gregor was right and he didn't have any comeback. He didn't have any argument. Yeah. He was just like, okay, yeah, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Gregor was right. And now he's like immediately on Gregor's side helping him. Yeah. I I love Howard for that. Yeah. I do too, because he definitely would not have survived without that guide rope. Yeah, exactly. Gregor puts his flashlight in his teeth and jumps into the cold water. He compares himself to a twig or a gum wrapper being carried by the current, which is a great way to illustrate just how powerless he is in the whirlpool. Yeah, when Howard was like, don't fight the current. That must have been so scary to just, you know. Just let yourself be swept away by this thing. Yes. That would be terrifying, especially Mm -hmm. if he didn't have the rope Mm lifeline. Gregor gets pulled out of the water by the rope, and the Underlanders swing him out over the center of the whirlpool so that he can grab Twitch Tip. He doesn't have time to think about how best to grab her, so he ends up opening his arms, smacking into her, and wrapping his limbs around her. (laughs) Just as they're about to go under, they're yanked out of the water and into the air. Twitch Tip tells him not to let go, and he manages to say no with the flashlight still in his teeth. (laughs) <laughs> I love this moment because mm-hmm. Twitch Tip definitely thought no one was going to come save her. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been absolutely terrifying. It must have been. And just like confirming all of the horrible things that she's right. been through. Like, yep, they're going to they're going to leave me. Yeah. But, you know, I think Gregor just made a friend for life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just love the visual of him just like slamming into her yes. and then them in the air, like mm-hmm. hanging on to each other for dear life. Yes. Oh, it's so good. They get carried safely out of the whirlpool's reach and set down in the water. 
the Underlanders reel them in, and Gregor doesn't let go of Twitch Tip until he feels the floor of the boat. His whole body must have just been so locked up. Yeah. Like his teeth on the flashlight and on yeah. her and oh. Yeah, I just I can't imagine. But I also just love that Twitch Tip told him not to let go and he didn't until yeah. they were safely in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. They cough up water together, but Gregor's flashlight is still stuck in his teeth. His ribs hurt from being tugged by the rope, but the squid sucker injury on his arm is worse. The water tore his bandage away, and now he can see how swollen and full of pus it is. It's mm. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> he's got so many injuries. Yeah, I feel like out of all of the injuries his, he sustains in these books, though, the squid sucker marks is probably the grossest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anything else in the, these books is that, like, graphic in terms of pus. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can imagine a big pus-filled... Uh... <laughs> Thing. It's gotta be pretty bad. Yeah. Howard helps Gregor get his teeth out of the flashlight, and Gregor remembers how Mrs. Cormacy told him the flashlight was waterproof when she first gave it to him. He'd thought that was silly at the time, but now he knows what he needed it for. And I think this is a clue that maybe Mrs. Cormacy really can read the future with her yeah. tarot cards. Yeah, or something, because that Mrs. Cormacy sure has been a guardian angel for their family. Right? Howard tells Gregor about his wound. I know this comes a bit late, but try to keep it dry, which makes him laugh. <laughs> I love Howard. Like, Howard and Merith are probably tied for my favorite characters in the oh, whole series. Really? Wow. I adore Merith, and Howard really is just such an MVP in this book. Mm -hmm. That's true. He's growing on me. Howard towels off Twitch Tip, wraps her in blankets, and pours medicine down her throat. She falls asleep, and Howard explains that the cold water was a shock, but if they keep her warm, she'll be okay, because she's a fighter. And, like, he's already learning some respect for her. Yeah. He's already, like, expressing admiration for how strong she is, and I feel like he wouldn't have been able to admit that if Gregor had just called him out. Yes. Boots comes over and asks Gregor if she can go swimming too, and he tells her it's too cold. Then she asks, yesterday? We go yesterday? Because she isn't old enough to sort out all the words that mean any time that isn't right now, which is adorable. Yes. And I keep thinking too, like, how old is Boots? She's two right now. <laughs> two years old. Yeah. yeah. I could diagnose her with at least six things. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to be some childhood PTSD happening, but I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> I feel like someone should write a fan fiction that's just like from the POV of Gregor's therapist. Or <laughs> Boots' the future, therapist. Boots' yes. therapist. That would be a, a fun and, uh, not fun, but an interesting fan fiction. It would be. You better start writing it. The boat is packed with all 13 questers now, and it's a tight fit. Luxa comes over and tells Gregor she made him a sandwich, and the narration describes it as being clunky. 
I am obsessed with this moment. Like, this is so cute because he taught her how to make a sandwich on their first quest. And she's trying to apologize to him right now, but she's not very good at apologizing. But to, like, make him feel better, she's showing him how she can do the thing that she learned from him. Yeah. And it's just, like, it makes me want to cry. It's so (laughs) adorable. It is really sweet. Like, if she can't apologize verbally, at least she made him a sandwich. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's a recurring motif in these books. Like, they eat a lot of food in these books. And food plays a pretty big role Mm -hmm. in, like, who gives whom food and who is sharing their food and who is giving up their food. And Luxa admits in the first book that she's never prepared food before. And when Gregor teaches her how to make a sandwich, that's like a big moment for them. (laughs) And now it's brought up again with this. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's that's so beautiful. Definitely. And I never thought about that before about the food. But like they're living on a level that's more about survival than, you know, than our world. And and yeah, the food is very important for survival for everyone there. I could write a whole essay about food in these in the series. <laughs> Maybe that'll be one of my bonus episodes that I do. That'll be fun. Luxa tries to tell Gregor not to be angry at her and Merith, explaining that they've lost a lot to the rats, so it's hard to risk something to save one. But she refers to Twitchtip as it, and mm. Gregor corrects her, telling her to call Twitchtip she, and explains that she's had a hard time because of the rats too, because she's a senseer and they chased her into the deadland. Luxa says she didn't know any of that, and Gregor says it's because no one ever talks to Twitchtip, but then he realizes he's being hypocritical because he hasn't been talking to her either, and he didn't want to ride in her boat when they first started the quest. Gregor starts on a rant about how talented Twitchtip is and how Ripred thinks she'll help them find the bane in the labyrinth, and he ends it by saying, It's no good, Luxa. It's no good to sit up in the boat and watch her drown. Gregor takes a bite of the sandwich to stop himself from talking, but then he adds, Helping a rat doesn't make you like Henry, you know. Luxa says that others might not see it the same way, and they go silent while Gregor eats his sandwich. And that's how the chapter ends. I know, that's a lot to think about there at the end. Yeah, it's a pretty heavy discussion that yeah. Luke and Gregor are just starting to kind of pick apart there. Yeah, and is she, you know, should she really, if she doesn't care about other rules, like why does she care about what the other people are going to think about her and the rats? I don't know, just gets me thinking. <laughs> that's That's a really good thought, because earlier in this book, we heard her say, to Gregor, we never have much of a choice. At the time she was talking about Gregor having to come back down to the Underland, but that kind of harkens back to something she said in the first book to Vicus about how her hand is forced a lot of the time because she's queen or she's going to be queen. So she has to do things for her people. And I think that that weighs on her a lot. And now that she also has to deal with kind of this negative light that Henry has brought to the table, like she feels very pressured, I think, to to be like a good queen for her people. So I think that even though she is rebelling against the rules of the council and like coming on this quest when she is not supposed to, I think that she is still very much loyal to Regalia in a way that is making, in her mind, Regalia superior to the other animals. 
Yeah, so maybe her relationship with Gregor can help her to change her mind. Yeah, Gregor is always really good at like taking her down a peg. He comes from a world where royalty isn't a thing. Right. And Life is very hard for him you know, yeah. and his family. Yeah. He comes from a world that is very different from Luxa's and has had like a pretty rough go of it. And Luxa just has this entirely different perspective. And they both, they learn a lot from each other throughout the books. But I really specifically like how Gregor kind of continually calls her out on her entitlement and her biases. I do too. That makes for a very interesting relationship. And she is, she does listen. She's starting to listen more and more. Yeah. But like, you know, when you're queen, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta lead how you want to lead. And that's how nations are changed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have any other thoughts on these chapters? Any notes we didn't touch on? I don't think so, but like you saying what your favorite characters are made me think about what my favorite characters are, and I don't think I ever really thought about it until now, but like the very first thing that popped into my head was Rip Red, and like how Gregor keeps referring back to Rip Red, like he really trusts Rip Red, Mm -hmm. you know, like he knows that if he gave Twitch tip to them that she is absolutely necessary, because like he's the only one that really knows so many things like he said he was wise and you know he's a rager and he's just been around the block down there (laughs) yeah yeah but I definitely love Rip Red and I do love Twitch Tip too but Greg Mm -hmm. or um but Rip Red is just he's something else (laughs) yeah I think Rip Red is everyone's favorite yeah yeah I asked um Nate Mm -hmm. and he says Rip Red is his favorite John his favorite is Rip Red when we had our 20th anniversary special for Gregor the Overlander um we had people write in with their favorite characters uh-huh. and a lot of people said rip red like i think maybe one person said luxa but the vast majority were uh rip red lovers definitely he's a badass <laughs> yeah he's definitely like the most interesting i think he has mm-hmm. the most layers he's got the most going on yes yeah. definitely and i like how what i was gonna say before but i forgot but like i love how gregor is like the moral compass yes for you know lots of folks down there and how he really like recognizes Rip Red's power and maybe other people don't recognize his wisdom and his power but Gregor really does and Mm -hmm. I just think that that's amazing like he's the only one that's going to take people as they people are animals as they are so Mm -hmm. that like that's a really big power in him I agree he really is like a moral compass not because he knows what's right all the time but he tries his best yeah and his judgment isn't clouded the same way that other characters are and he's just out here trying to survive trying to keep him and his sister alive yes and like i just think about all the stuff he's got going on at home too i mean yeah (laughs) this kid is stressed yeah (laughs) yeah for real definitely like your idea about you know the fan fiction about the therapist (laughs) and gregor i love that idea if someone hasn't written it yet they have to now definitely and if you need therapist input even though i'm not a therapist i would love to (laughs) be that therapist you can be like a like an expert uh resource Yeah, I would love to be her therapist, yes. (laughs) Well, 
Thank you so much for joining me, Carrie. Thank you. I had so much fun. This is my very first podcast. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting to have you on finally. <laughs> well, I am so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it, taking notes, listening to my audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. Next week's episode is going to cover chapters 15 and 16, and the week after that, I'll be taking two weeks off to go on a little quest of my own to Ooh. New Mexico. Ooh, fun. We're taking a road trip to visit one of my college friends. Fun. Yeah, I've never been to New Mexico before, so it'll be an adventure. It will. It'll be nice and warm. I was just going to say, it's going to be way warmer. We did yeah. plan this specifically so that it would be cold here so we could escape the cold and get to the warm. Yes, perfect plan. <laughs> yeah. After the mid-season break, the podcast will resume on November 27th. If you have questions, theories, or other things we missed, let us know on Tumblr, Instagram, or YouTube at Return to Regalia. As always, thank you for listening, and until next time, fly you high. <laughs> I love that.